Welcome to The Green Machine. Um, I'm delighted to actually welcome back a former guest of ours. So welcome to Sue Ronan, um, a person very familiar with many of you, a former Irish international women's team manager. Um, and I'm sure you're glowing in the success of the women's team, Sue. Thank you for joining us. No problem, Martin. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, just about coming back down to earth, I'd say now from uh, this night last week, actually, um, when the Irish team at last qualified for a, a major tournament and did in style and fairness over the course of the campaign, qualifying for the World Cup. I mean, it's, yeah, look, it's just an historic moment for women's football in Ireland. Um, yes, I think it's hard to put into words how much that achievement means, you know, like it's something everybody that's been involved in the game in, in, in the last 50 years in Ireland has worked towards um, and there's so many people have helped get get the team to where they've got to you know but obviously it's the current crop of players and the current staff that have done it um and yeah like congratulations to them it's just brilliant to get there at last it really really is i think though to be fair like you, you deserve a lot of congratulations as well i think i message you saying congrats and you know you paved the way um you and like other people like olivia O'Toole, emma Byrne, you've all put in the battle over the years to kind of get women's football recognized in ireland you know, it's mad, isn't it? Five years on from being outside that protest that they did. Um, did you ever think it would happen so soon after that, five years on? Um, no, well, I suppose, like, you know, then the players knew, you know, something had to be done for them to be successful, I guess, you know, and to, to have a chance to compete with, to give themselves a chance to compete with the best, something had to change, you know, and, and they went on strike at the time and they were very brave to do that. Um, you know, and I mean, I mean, ultimately, it forced the FBI to provide the required commitment that was needed at that level. Um, you know, in order for a team to be properly prepared. I mean, we always knew we had the players. Um, and over the years, like, and, and particularly at underage, uh, level, you know, we we've qualified for finals and we've had had players come through. And at the senior level, we've been knocking on the door and there's just fallen at the last hurdle, you know, for for a few campaigns, probably since about two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, when we got to a playoff, you know. So there was, you know, other countries had gone further ahead. They had much more resources put into their team. Um, so the girls taking that brave stance, um, really forced the FAI into putting in that commitment, as I mentioned. You know, after that, you saw. The introduction of full-time professional staff for the first time. Um, Colin Bell was lucky enough to be to 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 uh, be the first one to be a full-time uh, coach. Um, resources that had been previously missing, like you know, strength and conditioning, performance analysis, and critically funding for the players. You know, so they weren't out of pocket because you had girls who were working, taking time off, losing salary. Girls that were studying couldn't maybe do part-time jobs um, because they had to train. And we were looking for girls and, and, and young ladies to train as full-time professionals, but yet they weren't full-time professionals. They were they were working or they were studying, you know. So um ultimately that that those resources have absolutely helped get where they are today, you know. And critically, I suppose it also gave the team a profile that they didn't have, you know, which of course they deserved. Um, previous to that, we had little interest from the press, you know, in terms of turning up to games, but that all changed then and, and you know, everyone took notice and had more sponsors getting involved, you know, the team started to get more successful, obviously. Um, so it really was a watershed moment. And did I think it would happen so soon? As I say, I think they have been knocking on the door for a couple of campaigns now. Um, probably thought they might have done it in the European Championships before a World Cup. Uh, but, you know, to get to the World Cup as one of only 11 teams out of 54 in Europe, it's just a great achievement. So it's fantastic. 
it was difficult then with the rankings, wasn't it? That, that that's the key point, I think, on this. Like you know, we like you said, you were expecting perhaps a challenge, in, and I think even kind of the kind of media thought that we we're going to be ready for the next campaign because Vera Power taken on big friendlies with yep. high profile opposition, had some poor results, but it was yep. all in the development stage of that. Yep. Like how big a kind of achievement is it in the case of the rankings on this? So we've been um, in pot three in Europe for the last, you know, how many campaigns, uh, certainly in all my time, Noel Kings before that, um, Colin Bells, and indeed in, in this current campaign. Um, I think probably on the back of now, the results we've just had today, we'll improve, you know, potentially improve for the next time around the European Championships. But we've always been in the third pot. So you're, you're going to have one of the top teams in Europe and you're going to have then one of the second, you know, best eight or whatever it is. Um, so it's always difficult when only one come out of the group and maybe some of the seconds get to a playoff or, or whatever it might be. And that seems to change every campaign too. You're not always guaranteed something when you finish second. Or sometimes you are guaranteed to go straight through or, or a playoff, whatever. And we know what the convoluted process was this time. I think it, I think it confused everybody. But to, to actually finish um, second in the group, um, you know, really was a great achievement. We'd Finland seeded in, in the second pot ahead of us. And obviously the Swedes were the top seed. I mean, we really put it up to the Swedes. We we almost beat them away. We had a very credible draw. You know, we're narrowly defeated at home and then beat Finland really comfortably, I think, home and away. Um, and, you know, to do that and to to, to get to, to finish second, um, having been a third seed, it really was a great achievement. I did say, I did feel Finland were one of those seeds that were sort of on the way down over the last um, few years. And we were definitely third seed on the way up. But look, you still have to do it. You still have to you still have to get the results and you're still playing against teams that are used to qualifying for finals. So, you know, there's always pressures that come with that when the games are actually taking place. So look, to get there now, I think it's been brilliant. Yes, we went through maybe a, a tough time there in the last year or so when, when they were playing teams that were higher ranked than us. But it was all obviously with this one uh, objective in mind to try and prepare the players for playing higher ranked uh, opposition and having them, you know, in that frame of mind where they didn't fear anybody. And indeed, they could actually beat teams, which, you know, that has proven to be the case. And this has all happened on the back of the Euros as well, which was obviously very successful, raised the profile of the women's game. All about around the world, obviously taking interest in, especially you know, I live in London, as you know, I'm living with England's achievements. Um, and I was just looking at it on, on it enviously, um, and also seeing though how actually close the kind of Irish women were with their kind of you know club teammates, you know, wanting them to do well because I think it was always going to reflect well on on the Irish team. Um, how how do you think we should prepare now for the World Cup going into that? Should we look to play kind of friendly games with those kind of high profile teams like America or, or England and how do you think Vera Powell will prepare for it? Um, well, I think, you know, the draw is obviously going to tell a, a story um, when that takes place next Saturday on the 22nd. Um, I'm, I saw the pots are right. I'm, I'm still not quite sure what way the, the draw will, will take place. I think from previous draws, you tend to be drawn with, probably at least one country from the different confederations. Uh, that seems mm. the way it is, but that's still the case or not. I'm not 100% sure. But regardless, I would absolutely be 100% confident that, you know, if Vera is drawn against, if the team are drawn against uh, a country from CONCACAF region, for example, you know, that 
that that's who Vera will try and play in a friendly against similar style of team. Um, and likewise, you know, from from other confederations. So, yeah, I don't think the team is going to shy away from from um, getting the proper preparation place by just playing teams that you know you can beat easily. I think they'll definitely continue to do what they've been doing. They'll try and challenge themselves. They'll try and play top ranked teams. Um, and then, as I said, I think, you know, absolutely trying to play teams that will have similar style of play to those opponents that we're going to be playing against in the World Cup. And that'll become evident, obviously, after the draw next Saturday. I think like, when, when I've heard the girls like talking after the game, they they kind of seem to put themselves down a little bit, you know, saying that they're they're very resilient. We've had a great run of clean sheets, but they actually don't seem to give themselves credit for how well they play and set themselves up. I mean, they're very, very hard to beat, as you know. Um do you think we are better than they actually think? Or, you know, I know we have a set style. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, earlier in the campaign, um, and even in some of those friendlies we spoke about, the, the way the players played, you know, and attacking and go, going at teams, the likes of going at Sweden, going at Australia, Denmark, Iceland, top teams like that. Um, you know, they showed that they can play football. We showed that we're an actual good team going forward. Yes, we've become hard to beat. Yes, we've become dangerous at set play, particularly now with Megan Campbell um, back in the team. And, and you know, who wouldn't utilise that throw-in? Any team in the world is going to utilise that. Um, but I think we really are a good team. I think we're, we're very, when we do attack, we, we have some really exciting players with some really good footballers in the middle of the park. You look at Denise O'Sullivan, Katie McCabe, like I call those girls world-class players, and they are. Um, Jess Sue is another one. Unfortunately, she has a bad injury at the moment. Your fingers crossed. She, she she's fit for the World Cup. Um, Heather Payne, like we've a load of girls who are real footballers, and you know can they're very creative and they they make the team really really good going forward. I think maybe in the last few games in the campaign, yes, we've been set up, you know, maybe not to lose in certain instances. And, you know, we were, or not to not to concede, you know, to be more resilient, to be tough defensively, to be hard to break down and maybe look to counterattack on at teams. I'd certainly like to see us playing um, a more expansive style because I definitely think we have the players to do it. And I think between now and the World Cup, we'll definitely see that. Uh, in the friendlies and I suppose you know the last few games is about getting the job done and nobody's going to remember what style of play we played so you know I, I definitely think you'll see the team being more expansive um, you know because we have the players so why not Yeah I, I, I totally agree with you because I think even if you look at the the last game against Scotland the players missing were there was some incredible talent there um, you know I'm, I'm actually a big obviously I'm from Kil family's from Kilkenny I'm a big fan of Ellen Malloy. Lucky enough, I met her in the summer at a football FAI football camp. So yeah. the kids were delighted seeing her and stuff. And I thought she was an incredible role person, uh, role model for for them. You know, my kids go around singing about Katie McCabe um, and Ellen Malloy, big fans. And I know she's injured at the moment, but like I, I see her with Wexford Youths and yeah. absolutely incredible talent. And I'm hoping uh, she'll be back in contention. Yeah. Hopefully, because she is absolutely one of the bright lights of the future um, for us. Ellen played under uh, myself with, at under-16s. I was the under-16 coach there for a couple of years, um, up to just before COVID. Um, and Ellen had just come up to the team. And what a player. Like, she was scoring goals out of nothing. Um, she was creating things for her teammates. Like, you know, she, she's just such a talent. And absolutely, she has a great future. And she's a real footballer. Um, Abby Larkin is another one. Uh, she 
she's more of a goal scorer, I guess, than a creative player, but she still has that flair too that you could play her in a number 10. Um, but even besides the, the likes of, of Ellen and Abby, there's lots of other young, good, good young talent coming through as well. And then the players I've mentioned and even Rusha Littlejohn, I mean, yeah. she a footballer Rusha is as well. So we absolutely have loads of creative players, you know, so I would certainly love to see us utilising that style and, and being a bit more expansive uh, over the course, or in the World Cup, of course. But hopefully we'll see that now in, in between now and then. And I'm sure Vera is going to be trying out different, you know, different things in 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 the friendly games and the, the camps and looking at different formations and different styles or whatever. So yeah, uh, it's it's exciting. I'm looking forward to see us play. Yeah, I think it's it's all as well on the back of like a solid foundation of defense. Um, you know, absolutely brilliant display, I thought, like Louise Quinn, the last five minutes, edge of the seat stuff. Like it yeah. was it reminded me of Richard Dunn in Moscow. I've said that before. Yeah. And yeah. Lee Fahey. I mean, that that's the thing as well. We've got incredible experience going to this World Cup. And I know it's our first tournament going there, but I think how, how hard a challenge is it? And you'll know from experience in, you know, we've had some of the girls now have fantastic moments and score some key goals for us qualifying. But, you know, there can only be a limited number of players going on the plane. Um, how hard is that going to be now for Vera Powell and the back, backroom staff yeah. to kind of get everyone ready? It's going to be very tough because um, we mentioned we know the, the talent we've had in the squad for the last campaign. We know the players that are injured. We know the players that have had to be left out because of close calls, because everyone's fit, maybe. And we also know the young players that are coming through. And, you know, in every country, in every club, whatever, whoever's preparing a squad from one campaign to another or from one game to another, players come and go at a squad for various reasons. They lose form. They get injured or other players, you know, their form improves. So that'll be closely monitored by the staff between now and then. I'm sure that all the players will have targets. Um, they'll all want to be on top of their game. They'll all want to be playing. You know, any of them that are maybe on the bench with their clubs, if there are any, they'll be pushing to get themselves playing. If they're not, they might be looking around. Is there somewhere else for them to go? Because in order to be on that plane to, to Australia and New Zealand next year, they need to be in top form. They need to be playing. Um, yeah, and there's just so much talent there that I, I, I'm i not sure if for the World Cup is it 23 players maybe is in the squad. It's usually around that. So yeah. to be one of the, the 23, all the players are going to really, you know, push themselves to the the limit to get there. And, and you're right when you mentioned the experience we have in the squad and, those players that have been around for a while, the likes of um, Louise and Niamh Fahey and Diane Caldwell, Anya Gorman. I mean, they've been stalwarts for Ireland, you know, and and those girls love to defend, you know, especially the, the three centre-halves, Niamh, um, Diana and Louise, and they put their bodies on the line in some of the games for us. And, you know, that's a huge strength to have. So, you know, it's no harm having that strength as well, having that as a foundation, but then letting the expansive players or the talented players you know, take us forward and, and be creative and we'll build on that foundation of, of solidity and defence. So, yeah, I wouldn't like to be picking the team for sure, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but going into the World Cup then, do you think, what realistically do you think they can achieve Like, and what would be deemed as success? I think... You know, I know it depends. I know it depends on the draw, of course. It as depends well. on the draw, yeah, but I would imagine the staff will look at it now and say, geez, coming out of the group would be a huge success because let's be honest, we haven't qualified for a, a, a finals before. So anything we achieve from now is going to be deemed a success. Um, I, I said this already. I think it, it could potentially be easier to come out of a World Cup group to the round of 16 or the next round, whatever. I think it's round of 16, 32 teams in it, than it is to say 
come out of uh, your your qualifying group in the your women's Euros, for example, in England to get into the that went straight to the quarterfinals because there was less teams. Um, and the reason being, you've got more teams in at number one. You, you will also be playing potentially playing against teams who are who've qualified from other confederations, but are actually ranked below us. But they've qualified because they're the best in those regions. But you know, but they you know they may we may be better than them in terms of the rankings. So we'd certainly fancy our chances against one or two of those uh, countries. So I think we can come out. Of, yeah, if the draw is kind to us, I think we can come out mm-hmm. of um, the group. And I think that's probably. The, the the main aim initially you know like the management are not going to be trying to set ridiculous targets i'd say you know try and get out of the group and then see what happens yeah is it kind of probably the feeling of having a really good solid world cup first world cup build on that for the euros yeah. and absolutely and, and, you know younger players coming through um yeah. will you be heading down there you're gonna to head to australia is that the oh, plan yeah. Definitely, I'd have to go down for sure. Yeah, um, I know a friend of mine's bought her flights already. When when we qualified last week, oh, I'm not brilliant. I'm not ahead of the ball that much, but um, oh for sure, I think yeah, I I would yeah, it's, you'd have to be there as as a fan, you know, the football fan for for a long time and involved. Yeah, you'd just love to be there. Hopefully, I can get there anyway. That's the plan. I seen that you know the the viewing figures for the the playoff match there where they qualified was like three hundred fifty thousand people watched it and. Obviously, that that's kind of a mark of the kind of growth of the game and the interest in it. I mean, look, we've qualified as a nation for four World Cups now, and the women are kind of leading the way now. They're showing that the, the lads, this is how how you do it. How do you? What would you like to see from the FAI going forward now to really build the game on the back of this? Because we've captured the audience now. How yeah. do we keep them? Yeah, well, I think by by virtue of the fact that we've qualified, you're going to have more interest now. People wanting to be involved, you know, it'll certainly um motivate more young girls to want to play the game they'll you know they'll see their heroes they'll want to be the next katie mckay the next denise o'sullivan because they're going to be much more visible now i mean this will change the lives of the players you know they're going to become household names it's not just the one or two there'll be sponsors queuing up maybe to get individual involved in their product um you know potentially those uh, professional clubs will get better deals or offers from bigger clubs or some of the girls that are based here you know potentially get offers from um clubs abroad so you know i i think it, it it's definitely going to attract more girls into the game it'll attract more sponsors um and that obviously gives brings investment you know and that's really what we need and i think the biggest area that we need investment in here is the national league i think we really have to start improving that product even more um for sure it's improved over the years the the, the quality of play has absolutely improved um, but I think I'd love to see that going semi-professional uh, in the coming years because, you know, we want to try and keep our best players here. At the moment, we can't because we don't, they need to be playing professionally. They need to be train, training every day in order to strengthen the women's team. But ultimately, wouldn't you love to have them all here, earning their, their, their living here, being able to stay at home, strengthening the game here, strengthening the clubs, attracting maybe players from abroad, a bit like what England have done. Now, I know they've had huge investment and huge uh, money has gone into the game in England and there's not many countries can live with that. But they started off small as well and they started off, they, they went into sort of semi-professional first. Um, but I think, you know, that's the area of the game now really where, which needs, I think, big investment. Uh, try to improve the improve the league even more than it has improved in the last few years. And yeah, hopefully that might be the legacy then from the team qualifying for the World Cup. 
Yeah, I hope they get that right because I think that that is the big thing. Obviously, everything will get better with investment, yeah. um, and obviously we're in in troubled times in the world at the moment as well with that. But like you know, World Cups don't come around every day. No, and I think it's just amazing that we um, qualified, you know, and and now can hopefully build on that. Mm-hmm. I did hear you had an interesting story of where you watched the match yourself the other day. Yes, I watched it on my iPhone on my phone. <laughs> That is, that is, uh, you know, determination that is, you know. And you know what, it was just so happened that um, I was over in the office in in Zurich that had been arranged for a good while. I was over there the few days and went to the Wales-Switzerland game that night and that game should have been finished before the Irish game started, but that went to extra time. So I'm still at the stadium and watching on my iPhone and kept getting bumped out of... um, the player, you know, I don't know what the what the what what the rights are about watching it abroad. Yeah. Anyway, I kept getting bumped out, but I was about a minute behind in the stream, so I was getting texts on my phone to say penalty. Oh, we've missed, and the penalty hadn't been given on my fo- on my coverage yet, so that was a bit uh, disconcerting. But look, I got to see it as the main thing, and yeah, we 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 won it in the end, which was fantastic. And what a finish by Amber as well, really fantastic. Really. Yeah, you know, and and I think even you know in the aftermath of the game, the emotion of that with like the tribute to Chris Lowe and stuff, fantastic. Yeah. And all the interviews I heard afterwards on the pitch, I thought they've, you know, fair play. I think Tony O'Donoghue was lovely that moment as well when him getting presented lovely. the shirt because. Yeah. I think really it's it, it's important for the media to get behind the women's team as well. We try to do it here on the, the Green Machine podcast, but, uh, you know, it, it's fantastic to kind of hear the game so passionately supported. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think that's a testament to kind of the growth of the game. I'll be yeah. honest, years ago, followed the island for years. Mm. I, I think there's definitely a history book, and I'm probably going to give you an idea here. There's definitely a history of the women's game to be written um, because, you know, some amazing figures involved in it, including yourself, and I've just done an amazing job of you know in, in very troubled times as well getting it all going and, and it's a testament to you now we've qualified and you know it's fantastic to see no, there's absolutely a great history martin i mean you know so many people have put so much time into the game it wasn't interesting to people you, you couldn't get the media interested you couldn't get the press interested you couldn't get the fai even interested and this is going back to you know the 90s and the early noughties when really the volunteers and the women's football association of ireland ran the national teams um, you know, and they were volunteers, they fundraised to put teams out and to actually play competition. So, you know, it's a huge testament to all those people, all those administrators, coaches, players that went even way before my time. And coincidentally, it's actually 50 years, women's football, um, it's 50 years next year since the first uh, international match for the women's national team. And, you know, wouldn't that be, isn't that a great tribute qualifying for yeah. the world? years on and there you go there's a little bit of history a nice little uh history book and, and recognition of all those people and you see oh you see other countries doing it at the moment i'm not sure if you saw Wembley there recently the lionesses when they played usa yeah. they had players that played in the 70s you know on the pitch and it was just i just thought it was such a poignant moment and you know i think the fa have started to do it a little bit now but you know it's yeah it's nice to recognize these people from way way back because for sure everyone today is sort of standing on their shoulders you know that's that's exactly yeah yeah I couldn't finish with a better line than that to be honest because yeah I have been watching that and and it I obviously follow the England team over here because you see it in the media now the profile's just risen you know yeah. the demand for that USA game at Wembley I think it sold out like it was twelve hour backlogs and yeah that's on the right tickets for it do you think um obviously if we try and build on that in Ireland do you think there'll be an opportunity ever to move away from Tala I know the girls are very happy there because they'd rather play out in front of a packed Tala than you know a quarter of quarter packed Aviva but I think it'd be lovely if they could get a game at the Aviva 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that's always the, you know, in the background, that's always been the plan. When I was in the FAI, that was something we looked at for down the road. But, you know, Tala is the home of women's football at the moment. The girls love playing there. There's such a close connection with the fans. Um, I They haven't actually managed to sell it out yet. I think they came close in the last game and maybe one of the games before that, during, you know, just after COVID, it was supposed to have been sold, but everyone didn't didn't turn up so the girls still want to play there and you know let's see if we sell that out and there's a big demand for tickets then by all means go to the Aviva or go to a bigger stadium but you know I go back to that game in, in Hampden Park Scotland I don't think Scotland playing that game in Hampden Park did them any favours because mm. um, you look I don't know how many was was it 8,000 or something or 10,000 yeah. yeah something like that but they were lost in that huge stadium now if they'd have played in a much smaller like a, a Tala sized stadium and they had their crowd you know really you know vocal for them and it might have affected the Irish performance. You just don't know, you know. So I definitely, you don't want to go to the Aviva and have 10 or 12,000 there because, you know, there'd be no atmosphere whatsoever. Um, For sure, you could test it out. Maybe if you had a big profile, high profile game, friendly game against England or something, you'd probably get a big a big crowd. Or I'd say England, Germany or the USA are probably the only three teams. Mm. You'd get a fair crowd. And, you know, would you even get 20,000? At the moment, maybe that's probably about all you get. I don't know, maybe more. But I think for now, the right thing to do is stay in Tallis Stadium. But obviously, one eye on, you know, if we're continuing to sell this out, for sure, let's bring it to, to the National Stadium, to the Aviva. I think it's great as well, the FAI have listened to the to the girls because there was a bit of a clamour, like, you know, and probably the pressure of, of trying to get some income uh, into kind of moving games and yeah. they've listened to them. Do you, I, I think the girls, what they do very well is though their media presence and their, does that develop naturally that, that how they promote the game? I, I see that in England as well, kind of the camaraderie between, you know, uh, kind of teammates from clubs. They all seem to kind of congratulate each other even for yeah. other nations and stuff i don't think you get that in the men's team as much no no you but, don't but i saw you know you've seen uh Rusha and seen katie mccabe at the euro final and stuff and yeah. you know i think they were out partying with the english girls after that yeah. rivalry is not really there no i think that has evolved organically you know i think we've all come from the same place you know where we've all you know, struggled for, you know, to get that recognition that we deserve and other teams deserve and to get that support and to get that following. So the people in the game support each other and followed each other, you know, and that was always there. And, you know, so I think it's lovely to see. And, and I, I, you know, things are definitely changing in the women's game. Um, now that more investment has come into it, you know, and I'm not talking specifically about the Irish game, I'm just talking in general. Um, and some things that you don't want to change, you know, so I certainly hope, you know, it's, it, it's sort of some things are now starting to replicate like the men, the men's game, but, you know, our, the women's game is a different game. And, and I'd certainly like to see that type of uh, support that you, you see now from, from all the different players for each other and the different teams for each other. I, I'd certainly like to see that continue. I just want to say thank you again for joining us, Sue. It's, it's been fascinating his, listening to you, chatting about it, and the, obviously the passion you have for the, the women's game. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm so looking forward to the World Cup. You know, it's, it's, it's so exciting. I'm gutted I can't go <laughs> financially. I think I can't. I'll be ruined, probably be divorced if I went. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think, like, I, I'm really looking forward to the draw. I think just the whole interest about it now is, is, is really there for all to see. So um, I do appreciate your time joining us. No problem, Martin. You're welcome. Lovely. Thank you.